Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to A Couple of Annoyed Grunt Boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Just the two of us, we can make it if we try, just the two of us, just the two of us, just the two of us, building castles in the sky, just the two of us, you and I. That's right, we're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom, The Simpsons. But we didn't start from season one, episode one. No, we started from seasons 11 and beyond and at random. Why in that sort of weird order? Well, you see, this entity known as the Wheel of Random cursed us to watch it that way. And in doing so, unleashed a force so unthinkable that uh, I guess it's kind of thinkable. It's us, the annoyed grand boys. But you know what's nice about that Wheel of Random? When there's a new season, it says, hey, I'm taking a break. You watch those episodes instead. And that's what we're doing. We're currently in the beginning of season 34, watching the new episodes. And when I say we, I'm saying I'm Annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And with me, as always, is... Annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. Hi, Craig. Steve, welcome. Uh, we did kind of tease last week that uh, we were going on a date. Yes, a little, uh, a a little movie. Uh, movie date. The last one was a uh, Joker. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the Batman. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, we decided to go see. We decided we went. Uh, Kevin Smith uh, made Clerks three, and he's doing a roadshow tour of the film. So it's not like you can just go to your local Cineplex, your local AMC's with Nicole Kidman and watch Clerks three. No, you had to do a, either a Fathom events for the week it was out, or the roadshow live tour where Kevin presents the film live for you. Not like the actors are there performing live, but like <laughs> Kevin Smith is there and he does a little Q and A after the show. And we went down and watched Clerks three. So let's uh, without spoiling it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Clerks 3, the third film of the Clerks trilogy? Yeah. Or kind uh, of like, you know, the whole view askew verse when we were when we were teens, like the Clerks Morris and Chase and Amy was kind of like our jam. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now that we're 40 year old men revisiting <laughs> these characters who now are in their 50s, uh, what do you what do you, what do you, what do you have to say about it? Well, Craig, I will uh, be honest with you. I think that between the two of us, you may be the bigger Kevin Smith fan. I like his work, though. I respect what he does in, as an artist. And um, but I haven't followed him as closely. But I will say that this uh, movie was surprisingly earnest. Earnest goes to Clerks. Uh-huh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> No, I, I thought it was very emotional, and I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that I cried at least once in the movie. But it was also funny, and it was a lot of fun. And I think that it was a really good experience. I enjoyed the Q&A a lot. I'd say my biggest complaint is, is it was about the theater, actually, which it was a beautiful theater. It was an, an old theater, but... It's haunted, too. Ooh. And it's haunted. But the staff, which all seem to be around 80 years old, <laughs> kept on talking throughout the movie. Oh, because we were in the... <laughs> We weren't balcony monsters. We were uh, mezzanine monsters. Right. And so, like, we were right next to the vendors that are right behind us in the theater. They just have a curtain that separates the, the entryway to, mm-hmm. to, like, the vendors, the concessions, that sort of thing. But, yeah, you would hear, like, for brief times, just, like, people just, like, well, the movie's going on. There's people in the back of that, of that lobby area just talking. Yeah, it was just interesting because, like, sure, people in the theater might speak up because it was kind of a vocal film and, you know, yeah. people cheered and whatnot. And you kind of expected that. And it didn't 
interrupt the flow of the movie because everyone was watching along. It was a good time. Except for spoilers. Then, hmm. When Silent Bob speaks, that's the whole point of Silent Bob is he gets to speak in like one scene in the movie. And right. when he did, we didn't hear the first part because everyone was cheering too much because he was talking. <laughs> True. But no, I thought it was great. Um, and the Q&A was very interesting because there were maybe three questions asked and it went on for about 45 minutes of Kevin Smith just talking, which I thought was fun. Yeah, that's that's the thing, though, is if you go see a Kevin Smith Q&A, there's about two or three questions asked and he will answer that question for about an hour because he'll segue into much like how we do on this podcast. where We'll talk yeah. about something and then it segues into something else, to something else, to something else. <laughs> but I think the funniest thing in the Q&A is he comes out talking about how he has a suitcase. He needed to get a new suitcase because people bring him, give him oh, shit yeah. and stuff like that. And so he went to Target to get like a suitcase. And he's like, it's big suitcase for like a hundred bucks. So sounds pretty good. But he opened it because it was like the Russian nesting dolls. Like there were suitcases in the suitcase with the suitcase. And then <laughs> he was bringing that up. And he's like, but I don't need these little other little suitcases for the plane. So he just ends up like giving like two of those suitcases out to like fans. Like who wants a suitcase? Like <laughs> such a random. Cause and of course fans are like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. His luggage from Kevin Smith. <laughs> He didn't even sign it or anything. Like if he would have like yeah, I would sign it and you could have it too. Like, no, just you could tell people that Kevin Smith gave it to you. Um, but yeah, I always related to him, especially since this last scare. Like I felt like this is Kevin Smith's heart attack and I was having it. <laughs> I, I did, like watching it was weird because you know it was a couple of days after I was in the hospital watching the scene. This isn't a sport because it's in the trailer. If you see it, like Randall has the heart attack, which reflects Kevin Smith's real life heart attack. And mm-hmm. so it kind of like plays off of like Kevin Smith's experience, but then putting it into the clerk's universe and the guys. But I, I gotta say, like I totally think this movie is amazing. The third act is just probably the most sincere, heartfelt act. Kevin Smith can pull at your heartstrings, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a dry face in that theater. Yes, yeah. they're Kevin Smith fans, but even if you're just a fair weather fan, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen his movies because there's probably a lot of dudes taking their girls there. <laughs> like, you, yeah. we got to see this. Like, all right, fine. fine. Everyone's crying. Like, at the end of the movie, yeah, no spoilers, but at the end of the movie, like, when the credits are rolling, like, I got to go pee. Everyone's got to go pee. I go to the bathroom and I make a dad joke. And, you know, because, like, there's all these dudes there and all you hear is... You know, because they're they're trying to regroup themselves from their crying. So, of course, I make the joke of like, wow, there sure is a lot of allergies down here. <laughs> and like like one guy chuckled. I'm like, oh, I probably should have said like, who's cutting onions down here? That would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> who's chopping onions? Sorry. <laughs> you know, the last one he did was the Jay and Son Bob reboot, which just was him remaking Jay and Son Bob Strike Back. And then when he says that Clerks 3 is just like him remaking Clerks 1, but the characters are remaking Clerks 1. <laughs> so it's like kind of like where these two movies back to back. But Jay and Son Bob Reboot was a straight up comedy with like a billion celebrity cameos. But there was some heartfelt shit in it, but not like what happened in Clerks 3 or the right. character growth. And like, it's not a Jay and Son Bob movie. They're in it for as about as much time as you need them to. They're like in a couple bits and the bits they do are great. Mm-hmm. It is a Dante Randall story. And it's like growing up with these characters. Like Jeff Anderson has n- never been like an actor. Like he's been in movies in Kevin right. Smith movies, but he's never been like, I'm going to seek that Hollywood lifestyle. But he just comes off like just so natural as Randall. Like he is Randall. Yeah. And the emotional impact that he has that he brings to the yeah the movie is really good. You get Brian O'Halloran, uh, Dante again, probably gives his best performance in the third act, like as yeah. an actor, like it's incredible. 
And you know, also Kevin Smith, he didn't shoehorn his daughter into the whole movie. <laughs> right. He just a she's very in, small part. She's a very small part, but it's it's a canon establishment. Spoilers for people that haven't seen Jay and Saw Bob reboot that came out like th- four years ago. Uh, <laughs> that her character is Jay's daughter. Spoilers. Right. The the very few celebrity cameos we get is very funny. The ones where uh, the celebrity cameras are actually played in different characters, like Amy Sedaris, who's never been in a Kevin Smith thing, I think, plays the doctor in the beginning. Fucking amazing She's performance. Great. Yeah. Justin Long plays like a doctor <laughs> in it. Like he just puts on a great like character voice, like getting very funny. Yeah. He made uh, a strong choice and he stuck with it. Exactly. Like Justin Long seems like a type of the guy that probably auditioned for SNL, but didn't get it. I could definitely see that. But he was great in it. Like everyone was great in it. Like it's. It's a good continuation of Clerks 2. Like, you can watch Clerks 1 and 2 and 3 back to back, and everything makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. The way Clerks 2 ends, it's so amazing. Like, Clerks 2, this is, might be a minor spoiler to Clerks 3. Mm-hmm. I think they, re- like, let's talk about the original trilogy, not Return of the King, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. I feel like Clerks, of course, is Star Wars. Clerks 2 is more Return of the Jedi, whereas this movie, Clerks 3, is more Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Because Clerks 2 kind of ends on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Where Clerks 3 is like Empire, where it ends on a down note. And as Dante always said, Empire was like real life because life ends on a series of down notes. That's right. Kudos to, to Kevin Smith. Like, this felt like, I think maybe since Clerks 2, this feels like the most Kevin Smithy thing. I agree, yeah. It's almost, I love Clerks 2, but I think this might come down to like being close to like Clerks 1. Like it's almost near perfection for me. Wow. Yeah. It was very good. It's also just amazing to, I mean, it's obvious, but the fans that were there were so dedicated to him. And like, it was just really cool to see just the artist and it's his fans like connect on that level, especially like face to face. Like yeah. I don't know. He's just such a down to earth dude that it's so cool to see him succeed and being able to continue to make his own art on his own terms. Yeah. Very respectable. Yeah. And again, growing up with the characters of Randall and Dante, like, yeah. Also, this, if, if Kevin said this was his last movie ever, like, it's totally fine if it was, you know? right? Because even like when I was like, oh, I got like five movies ready for like the, he even told us the plan of like his next five movies, literally <laughs> you know? the plot of each one of them. And he even said, like, and there's going to be a Clerks 4 eventually. I have the idea for that, you know. <laughs> never stop thinking yeah and uh that's that's what we need to do is never stop drinking is that what we said drinking you say drinking um yeah let's go to a a corner um let let me pick the corner steve how about we pick this corner welcome to the wine corner Uh, thank you, Sideshow Frazier. Uh, Steve, we're going to be drinking yes. wine, apparently. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us this week? Uh, well, Craig, um, you know, I try sometimes to uh, associate the beverages that I pick with the show that we're watching. But I had a tough time because uh, with this new season, we don't nef- always know the episode before we did. So I knew it had something to do with bikes and something to do with Lisa. Lisa's a little girl. So, so you got little bike girl wine. Yes, uh, I got. I am sorry for uh, the Italians in the audience for what I'm about to say. Um, Pizza. <laughs> spaghetti. Mario. Uh, no, or sorry, Mario. It's Casina Casale Barbera di Asta Vespa 2021. It is a, a red wine from the Barbera grape, and it features a, a moped, like an old style moped, and there's four little girls wearing like a, a colorful. Like a, like a Vespa? Yeah, a Vespa. Italian? Mm-hmm. And there's four like 40s girls, like girls from like the 40s uh, on the bike. And it's very cute. 
this vineyard, Casina Castellet, has belonged to the Barino family for generations, and the current owner uh, inherited from her father in 1970. It's a female-made wine, and so, so the wine evokes blackberry and cherry on a delicate floral background. It's balanced and delectable, and there's even a subtle note of minerality. Those are words that I thought of, and I'm not reading off of the screen. Of course. It's a wine that will pair perfectly with white and red grilled meats. I thought I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> a wine that pairs perfectly with white and red wines. <laughs> Um, uh, no, it's a wine that pa- will pair perfectly with white and red grilled meats, salami, and young cheeses. Jesus. Yep. Ooh. Mm. Oh. Mm. No, I do get the uh, blackberry notes. It's, uh, I have to say that I don't want to use wine words, but the texture is very velvety. Like, coats your tongue in a very smooth. pleasant way. And it is smooth. Uh, no, tannin- no tannic grip. Just a nice, full-bodied wine. It's uh, dry. And it comes in at 14%, so it'll get you drunk. Yay! Yay. Yeah, that's my wine. I recommend it. The Vespa. Um, it's a good wine. Uh, what do you got for us, Craig? Oh, Steve. I will connect my wine with this episode and also with us. You see, we like to recap the episode. We tell the whole tale of this episode. We're kind of a storyteller, Steve. And True. the episode did uh, air last night. So about last night, we're going to talk about about last night storyteller Sauvignon Blanc. From Sonoma County. Now, it also relates to because the graphic on the label has a bunch of like activities on it, including bike riding. And there's bicycles in this. Yeah. Uh, This is from Storyteller, I guess is the name of the winery uh, from Sonoma County, of course, in uh, California. Here, let's read the the paragraphs on the wine bottle, Steve. Uh, It says, uh, Sonoma wine country is brimming with fables of varying degrees of truth passed down (laughs) through the generations, usually aided by a celebrated local wine. Storyteller wines encourage your stories to unfold in ever more fantastic versions. So what's your story? Tell us at winefables.com slash annoyedgrumboys slash butthole. That's right. (laughs) So about last night, uh, this nuanced and layered uh, Sonoma County Sauvignon Blanc seduces with a crispy acidity and hints of summer grass. Pineapple and tropical fruit flavors fill out the mid-palate and uh, finish fresh. Uh, 13.5% alcohol by volume. It does contain sulfates. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, and also, uh, yeah. So let's give it. Um, I like it. Sauvignon Blanc. Um, Me too. It's a nice, light, crisp, refreshing white wine. Very clear. Hmm. Looks like hydrated urine. That's what you want to make good Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> I, I'm going to be looking for the acidity of crisp and summer grass mm-hmm. and a little bit of pineapple. You know, uh, right now, pineapple. It, just, it just smells like uh, white wine. Hmm. I don't smell summer grass. What's summer grass? It's not as acidity as it says. It's very smooth. Like usually when I, if I saw the crisp acidity, I thought it would like get you in the, the heartburn region, but I don't taste that. Right. I do the, get more of an apple-y, crisp apple-y taste. And I like bite it into like an apple chip, like a dehydrated apple chip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that's the aftertaste. Okay, that sounds pleasant. I don't get hints of pineapple. It was chilled, but I get more of like an apple, like a nice apple. It's almost like cider in a way. Interesting, yeah. Without the carbonation. Right. Interesting, yeah. So it kind of has a freshness, but with that like little it apple does. bite. I actually it. like yeah. this. Like a lot of times, like 
like Sauvignon Blanc's like Pinot Grigio in a way, like can just feel like it's like when you have that sip, you can feel like this is going to give me heartburn. I just know it. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think this would be great with uh, pork, mm-hmm. uh, like a nice pork chop, like Homer's favorite uh, meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apple works. Yeah, this I think this would be a very good wine for uh, the harvest season, like a nice like Thanksgiving meal, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's wonderful. I, I enjoy it. Very nice. Here, do you want to sip? Oh, sure. How is that sipping through my microphone? Mm. Ah, there's the apple notes. Yeah. No <laughs> grass. Okay. As much as I'm enjoying this wine corner, I think we need to uh, sober up and uh, be more attentive to our duties. We are sober men and true and attentive to our duty. All right, Steve. So that means we're going to go back in the time machine all the way back to last night when we watched this episode. And, uh, <laughs> like, what, four days since uh, this episode aired for the listeners? That's right. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, season 34, episode two, uh, One Anger Lisa, which, of course, aired October 2nd, 2022. Steve, what was the number one movie in the box office? The number one movie in the box office uh, was Smile. Yeah, I don't know much about this movie except for like they did a really good guerrilla marketing campaign. Like during uh, like baseball games, they had actors in the stands with creepy oh, smiles, and they would zoom was. in to those uh, to the fans. And there was a paid actor that had a creepy smile, and they was like smile uh-huh. in, in theaters this weekend or whatever uh horror movies do great this time with the box office True. because it's it's halloween people want to be scared uh horror movies are cheap to produce i mean I, mm-hmm. i'd like to see the smile movie like i'll wait until i like to be at home to watch a horror movie because it seems scarier right turn out the home. lights have pop exactly. popcorn yeah I'll, I'll wait till it's on dvd probably or streaming probably next week <laughs> yeah after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Ooh, is, that was frightening. Uh, is there anyone that we know in the movie? Absolutely not. That's the way no, you do horror movies. You know? Yeah. Sozie Bacon, Caitlin mm-hmm. Stassi, Jesse T. Usher, Kyle Gelliner, Rob Morgan, and Nick Arepakalu kind of make out the cast. So I don't know any of these people, but... Sounds like a new franchise. The Smile franchise. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Steve, uh, I wasn't smiling at the box office because I'm too afraid to go to movies. Hey, wait. We saw Clerks Three. Where Where's Clerks Three in the in the? Because he's just doing it on the road. He's not actually showing it to every theater every yeah. day. What was uh-huh. Clerks Three after like the third week? The uh, nineteen. You know, not bad for like it's only in like one theater like every two days or something like that yeah. in the country. Uh, the total gross uh, so far as of this weekend is two million nine hundred, almost uh, three million. Nice. So I think he's got three million to go, and he gets his money back or equal, yeah. even. Just buy those DVDs, guys. Yeah. So uh, while we were turning our frowns upside down with smile, what were we uh, bopping out to on the ride home? <sighs> the same song, and has it been forever? <laughs> no, it's not the same as it was. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Harry Styles, same as it was. All right. We got it out of the way. Steve, let's just get this episode out of the way, too. Alrighty. Uh, today, again, we're talking about One Angry Lisa. And in it, uh, Lisa gets called for jury duty. Uh, Marge becomes obsessed with her exercise bike. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to say that was Harry Styles. And that song is pretty good. I reviewed it. I also reviewed it. It is a song. All right. So we will uh, watch One Angry Lisa and review that. Do you have anything else to say to the listener, Steve? I don't think so. Cool. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Today we're talking about One Angry Lisa. It's the second episode of the 34th season. Originally aired October 2nd, 2022. It is episode 730 in the show's run. The nerd code is UABF19. Written by Jessica Conrad. Directed by Matthew Nastuck. And your showrunner is Algene. Jessica Conrad is a writer and producer who has previously written on shows such as Angie Tribeca, Stand Against Evil, and Saturday Night Live. Her work on SNL earned her four Emmy nominations, of which she won two. You know, it's called Saturday Night Live when really only like half an hour takes place during Saturday night. It should really be called Sunday Morning, morning. Live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should and, be you know, Saturday Night want... Live until midnight. After a weekend update, then it becomes Sunday Morning Live. That's right. It's that that's a, makes much more sense, and it's cleaner too. Hey, if people can transition, so can TV shows. Yeah, they should call it Sunday Morning on Hulu the next day, because <laughs> that's the only time I ever watch it. Uh, well, sadly, Steve, I think you can only watch it on Peacock. You're right. I had to watch it on Peacock. That's right. So Sunday Morning the next day on Peacock Live. Night yeah, Live. we love Peacock. Yeah, Peacock is great. You get all those extended editions of The Office. You know, you got some cool new shows with, uh, speaking of Office, Craig Robinson, who was on The Office, has a great show called Killing It on Peacock. Catch up on the new episodes of Quantum Leap and the old episodes of Quantum Leap. Grand Crew is a great show. Oh, you know what else is great? Like you you can change your icons to like fun properties. Like right now, mine's a T-Rex or I could have Chucky from Child's Play if I want. Yeah, and Halloween Kills coming October 8th. (sighs) I just love the Peacock. Peacock is great. Pieces of shit talking about. <laughs> oh, what was that? Uh, oh, uh, you little stooges! You can't talk about another streaming service without talking about the best one ever. Netflix. Hulu. Oh yeah, Hulu. Has a good Disney, Hulu, and ESPN for more money for me. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, Mickey. Yeah, we know how much you're hurting, and you do need that money. So, uh, Disney Plus, they've got uh, Hocus Pocus too. <laughs> hey, and don't forget, if you're a Simpsons fan out there, submit your artwork, and uh, if it gets selected, we'll use it, but we won't pay you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mickey, you're an evil asshole. Oh, keep watching Fox News, my favorite news network. Oh, bye. Oh boy. Uh, I was uh, sorry you were interrupted, Steve, yeah. by uh, Mickey. Uh, you were talking about uh, Jessica. Yes, uh, this is the 13th episode of The Simpsons she's writ- worked on, and her second written by credit. Uh, the first was from season 32, A Springfield Summer Christmas for Christmas. She also wrote two, uh, speaking of Disney, Disney Plus shorts, uh, The Simpsons in Plus Aversary, and the Marvel-inspired The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. I think I like The the Good, The Bart, and Loki. That was fun. I think because I was a you know, Simpsons fan and a Mar- Marvel fan. Yeah. And what do you get? Fandom. Yep. Cross promotion. It's just masturbation for Disney, really. Yeah, I mean... You know, that's one of my biggest complaints is like, let's speaking of streaming services, like if you're watching like Paramount Plus, right? Mm-hmm. And you pay for the non-commercial side, like the $9.99, right? Yeah. Yet they still show an ad, but it's to another Paramount Plus show. It's like, dude, you don't need to show me an ad for the thing that I'm subscribing to. If I want to watch you, Mayor of Easton, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. But stop putting in the ads before the show I want to watch. Yeah, we you already got us. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, HBO does that too. Oh, yeah. Uh, at least actually, actually, I don't think Hulu does that. I think Hulu's nice enough where it just starts the program. That's true. Because even, well, I guess I pay for the the semi-premium Peacock. Oh, your, your Peacock's at a semi right now? Yeah. You haven't but, gone full hard Peacock? No, my cock, my Peacock is uh, semi-rigid. That's sometimes the most presentable uh, for people, too. You know, yeah. It looks like there's a lot there, but really when it's full Peacock, it's just 
about the same thought of girth of and, and length of um, programs. Right. Of course. It just stands it up straight a little, a little more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but really when you're done with like a show on Peacock and you're at the semi Peacock after you've like exploded your enjoyment of watching that TV show, that's kind of the best presentable time. If you were like to show people yeah, your, your streaming surface. And sometimes when she, once you get done, you know, you wait 15 minutes and then you're just ready to watch another show. Yeah. We're just streaming all over this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yep. Well, let's just get in with uh, the actual episode, Steve. It starts off as uh, it always does with a couch gag from uh, animation man himself, Bill Plimpton. That's right. Uh, yeah, we get another one. We've had a couple of Bill Plimpton uh, animated intros. Yeah. Uh, this one's uh, a little different here because, you know, it starts off with uh, the family on the couch when they are suddenly sucked into a rug, which transforms into a t- tornado and the twister uh, uh, spins and then like a cow a farm and then the Simpsons family rotate around, you know, like uh, the Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. She was called the Dorothy. The Dorothy. Um, you know, Homer screams, terror and his eyes take a... Uh, the same color as the rug, and the family continues to spin until they're all each riding a rug. Uh, and then finally, the camera zooms into the rug pattern, and then pans out and sees Homer on the couch uh, sitting with his family. Uh, trippy man, trippy. Real trippy. But then the rug does a flip on the floor, and then Homer lets out a belch. Let's out a couple of interesting belches. Yeah. It was a fun little uh, animated thing. What did you think, Steve? I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I always enjoy these. Um, it harkens back to the, I don't know if I ever brought this up, but the uh, 1993 sketch comedy show, The Edge, I think is what it's called. Oh, the hit sketch comedy series from Bass Player from the U2? Yes. No, it was an American comedy show uh, that featured uh, tertiary animations by Bill Plimpton, but it also featured cast members Julie Brown. And then it had Jennifer Aniston and Wayne Knight. Wow. Arguably the uh, three sexiest characters from their hit TV shows. Yep. And they did uh, fun uh, parodies of uh, 90210 and studs. <laughs> Do you remember a show that was a sketch comedy show that last was in last? It was probably in the late 80s, maybe no, maybe early 90s called Almost Live, but it was a sketch show based out of uh, Seattle. I do remember that. You had um, a young up-and-comer named Joe McHale was a part of it. That's right. I do remember that. And uh, yeah, it used to be on Comedy Central, but I think it only lasted a couple of seasons. But I guess for uh, you know, for uh, fame's sake, you know, grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know who else got their start on that show? One uh, Wilford Brimley. Close. He was 94. <laughs> Uh, one William Sanford Nye, better known as Bill Nye, the science guy. Did he do science segments or is he just sketch comedy? I think he just did sketch comedy. Wow. Yeah, because he kind of started off as like a performer, but then. Yeah. I think kind of his, like he kicked into the Bill Nye science guy aspect. I'm probably wrong because I think we're wrong about like 90% of the things we say on this podcast. Sure. <laughs> when I go back and edit, <laughs> I'm like. I think Steve's wrong, or I think Craig's wrong. I look at him like, oh, yeah, we're wrong. But we don't have listeners out there to correct us. Correct us, listeners. There's one a few weeks ago that I'm like, oh, no, I don't like we were talking about uh, Morgan Fairchild and that she played Chandler's dad on Friends. No, Kathleen Turner played Chandler's dad. That's right. Morgan Fairchild played her mom. Okay. I had to correct that. That was like a four week old episode. I wanted to correct it. Thank you. But uh, what was I talking about? Oh, almost live. <laughs> oh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Um, so do you remember there was a cartoon series based off of Back to the Future? And each episode had live segments 
with right. Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. playing his character, Doc Brown. And then he'd have Bill Nye come in and do a science segments. What I always thought was kind of weird with the Back to the Future cartoon was that Christopher Lloyd was in every live segment to do like experiments. But when they show the cartoon, Dan Castellano was doing the voice of Doc Brown. <laughs> that is and, weird. Uh, and uh, Dan Castellano, of course, is Homer Simpson. So let's get to the Simpsons, Steve. All righty. That was a fun little uh, left turn there. Our episode begins, as it always does, with a Christmas advertisement for an exercise bike. A husband covers his wife's eyes as he walks to her, walks her to the Christmas tree. He then reveals his gift, a pedal-on bike, just what he thought she would always want. As the commercial husband says that he enjoys his wife having a regimen, we see that Marge is intrigued. The ad goes on to say that the wife is excited to be hotter than all the other moms, as well as the husband's ability to control the bike's incline from his phone. A year later, the wife says that she's never been happier and that she's finally down to her sixth grade weight. Um, An announcer then offers this slogan, pedal on, because a great marriage is a bike that goes nowhere. If your marriage is just stationary, that calls for a good relationship, right? I mean, yeah, which, you know, sounds bleak, but in a way. (laughs) Don't you you need growth and finding new things in a relationship? Like, absolutely. uh, Take up uh, embroidery or something. Yeah, or uh, BDSM. Or, uh, I don't know, orgies. Yeah, or bread baking. Key parties. Or board games. Or sex board games. Dicks and vaginas instead of shoots and ladders. Yeah. Don't wake daddy. Just fuck him. <laughs> Penis trap. Ouch. <laughs> she said it takes her uh, two hours to set up the board for only like <laughs> two seconds of enjoyment. Sounds like sex to me. Sorry. Guess who? And if you don't have a condom, it's a risk. <laughs> there you go. You're doing better at this than I am. Because usually I'm just playing Uno. Yeah. Strip solitaire. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. So this is, uh, of course, kind of referencing about I guess it, probably two years ago now, or maybe maybe just a year. It feels like it was two years ago that uh, Peloton. I mean, Peloton parody. Peloton. You guys know the joke. Uh, was getting a lot of shit for a Christmas commercial saying, "Give your wife a, a bike, right?" Because she needs to lose weight or something. And Peloton got in trouble for that. Not in trouble. They just got like out. It was like, this is insensitive kind of bullshit. Yeah, and that then... was way back in uh, Christmas of 2019. Wow. So yeah. we were we were just all getting COVID, not knowing it yet. That's right. Peloton created COVID so they could sell more bikes. We'd all be stuck at home. That makes sense. I thought the commercial was, was pretty funny, though. Um, yeah. Parodying that, of course, we all know Peloton. I don't know if it's part of the zeitgeist anymore. I think we've kind of stopped talking about it, right? Yeah, I feel like it died with Mr. Big on uh, Sex and the City. Oh, uh, soon, whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> I think it's as it was. No, wait. Um, and so it goes. Oh, that's Billy yeah. Joel's song. What's it called? And just like that. Yes, and just like that. Mr. Yeah. Big dies. Yeah, here we go again. Mamma Mia. All right. Well, back in the house of the Simpsons, uh, Bart and Lisa leg wrestle on the ground. And Marge tells Homer that an exercise bike would be great for her, especially since uh, she could rarely leave the house. Uh, She even hints that uh, her birthday is quickly approaching. But then Homer kind of wonders why she'd want an exercise bike when she could just get locked into a gym membership that she could never cancel. But Marge says uh, just once she'd like to get something that uh, she wants and then storms off crying. But of course, not before putting a coaster between Homer's belly slash table on his duff because he's got the slooped on the couch with his mm-hmm. beer on his giant gut, which I think I could probably do that right now. And it's about the same size as the gut. So if you like sucked in your gut just a little bit, you can drink <laughs> the beer without lifting it. I'll, maybe I'll try. Uh, you mean my wine? Yeah. I'll try it. Yeah, jeez. Oh, got it all over me, Steve. Oh, jeez. Now I just got to suck the wine from my shirt. 
Mm. Got me. <laughs> uh, Homer vows to get the damn bike and anything else the TV says. So Bart flips the channel to an ad where a man is offering his life a luxury SUV, uh, probably a Lexus, uh, with a red bow. And then a man giving a woman a yacht with a red bow, followed by a giraffe with a red bow. And then <laughs> the statue of David with the red bow around his very normal sized penis. Uh, Homer lunges at the television and then visits his local pedalon store, which is offering a uh, This Trend Is Over sale. One wife bike, please. Excellent choice, sir. Our starter model goes for $1,500. $1,500? Don't worry. We do have an installment plan. $40 a month for months. <laughs> That's better. And it's 60 bucks for the classes. What the? 25 for the matching water bottle. That's crazy. And it's 125 for the special shoes. Fine, I'll take the shoes. Good choice. Regular laces or deluxe? Regular. The regular costs more. Even the Simpsons acknowledge that this fad is already out of date, like I yeah. said earlier. Mm-hmm. They know what's up. What do you think that red SUV was? Maybe it was more... Was that a Canyonera? You said it was a Lexus. Well, just because uh, they... I think oh, Lexus yeah. did... Did those commercials with the uh, every year with the that's right with the red bow in the car because that's a reasonable thing to do is to just purchase car. a car for your family without discussing it. I do like that there's a yacht with a red bow. Yeah, <laughs> and a giraffe. I liked uh, Harry's work as uh, Blaze the pedalon. Yeah. Feels like he's doing classic Harry Shearer voice. I like you know the animation too. He for the years for the subscription he puts an infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, later that evening, uh, Marge is sound asleep. So Homer wakes next to her wearing his uh, tool belt and uh, he sneaks out of the bedroom saying that it's time for the birthday elf to work his silent magic. I like how he's got, you know, his pajamas on and he's not even wearing slippers. That's weird. When you, you Homer, yeah. Homer's got some like slippers on, but he doesn't. Oh, maybe so to make uh, not much noise, right? Yeah. You can be silent or if you're barefoot, you tiptoe, you know? That's right. He then stumbles down the stairs, uh, loudly grunting as as he hits each of the stairs. He reaches the bottom and his hammer then uh, hits him in the head. Uh, he then struggles to push the pedal on box into the house, wondering why he told the delivery people he's got it from here. I want to say the animation of the uh, Homer falling. Cl- classic Homer. Oh, yeah. Uh, hurting himself there. Falling downstairs. Who's he trying to be? Me? <laughs> uh, the Simpsons heard us last week. Like, oh, we better put animation of Homer falling in reference to Craig's fall. Yep, annoyed grunt boys did it. I'm pretty sure we talked about the pedal on bike uh, a couple years ago about the ad when it came out too. So Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so then he has a flashback of trying to pick up the box, the pedal on box, and he's throwing, he throws out his back and denying help saying, uh, I've got me from here, laying flat on his back. And he pushes his legs to get back into the house. Looks very painful. It does, yeah. Do you ever have that situation where you're just like, no, no, I, I got it, I got it. Don't worry about it. Like, is it your uh, pride in the way of like, you don't want to uh, ask for help? I think that's like, it's a problem with like men in general. Oh, yeah. Is uh, is that uh, we feel like we have to do it because that's the masculine, manly thing to do. Right. And it's wrong to ask for help. Right. It's not true. I mean, you can you can always ask for help. Right. Ask for help. It's helpful. <laughs> yeah. And nobody's going to be impressed by your broken back. <laughs> yeah. And your stubborn personality. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Steve, uh, can you help me with this podcast later? No, you pussy. <laughs> All right. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, so Homer then watches a pedal-on assembly video on his tablet. Uh, the instructor says that assembling your bike couldn't be easier. He then calls for a 10,000 SPM pneumatic saw. Homer scrolls through the video to hear the instructor say words like difficult, complicated, and much like Craig's penis when he sees Lindsay Nagel, obscenely hard. The instructor finally congratulates the viewer on getting the box open. Uh, a long video for a, an opening a box. 
I've seen longer videos for opening boxes. <laughs> oh boy. I was going to say again, relate to this, that uh, I guess even when you're putting something together, you know, instructions can be uh, not simple. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I mentioned embroidery earlier. Like I got a, oh, like yeah. an embroidery machine and I'm setting it up and like trying to read the instructions. I'm like, I don't get this. I guess I need to watch a video. It's like, make things easy. People just, just hit a button to do the things you want to do. Yeah. Like, be like a bidet. Shoot water up my ass. Exactly. I do love my bidet. <laughs> if you were Australian, buttons or anything, but good day, bidet. But another shit on the Bobby. My bidet is named Barbie. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Homer works on assembling the bike when he becomes stuck into the frame. Uh, Homer assembling things. It's like when he's trying to put it to get together a barbecue pit, right? The grill. What the hell is that? Bart sees this and takes Homer's wallet. He returns later and he's got like an itchy and scratchy land balloon and hat on, uh, itchy hat, and then a necklace with a scratch with scratches that says bling. <laughs> and then Bart uh, kisses his dad who's passed out and then returns his empty wallet back to his pants. I'm just sweet that he gave him a little kiss. Yeah. Uh, Homer wakes up to Marge yelling, surprise! She has uh, finished putting together that exercise bike and she loves it. Homer then places a vanity plate on the back of the seat that says, love heart Homer. Uh, so Homer and Marge kiss the uh, license plate falls to the ground and then water starts spitting up from the floor for some reason. <laughs> Uh, Homer volunteers to fix it, but Marjorie's with him to just stop and go away. I, I did like that bit. <laughs> just like water. Yeah. Underground. Did they hit a pipe? No. It's just yeah. the faulty the faulty lines of the, the Simpsons household, right? Right. There's just water under the carpet. But also, I mean, I also like do the fact that like it is very Marge who would put together the, the bike. Yeah. And be very happy that, you know, she's happy that uh, that is there. Like her gift to Homer is that he doesn't have to work. Right. That's her birthday present. To herself. To <laughs> <Yes>. Homer. <laughs> All right. So then in another kind of uh, funny visual gag, like how Marge is stuffing her hair into a bike helmet. I thought they would just like go poof and just like the helmet standing on the. the right. Have I feel like they would have done that. But I like how they just like did it the way it probably would be. Yeah. I hope her ears are okay, though. Her rabbit ears. Oh, yeah, I know. That's putting them down. <laughs> so her journey as a pedalon rider begins with uh, she's got to enter in a username. So she cleverly picks out the name Mrs. Marge Simpson or Miss <laughs> Marge Simpson. Next, uh, she selects an instructor. Then so we, she scrolls through. And first, we get Hans Molman, <laughs> mm. Jasper Beardsley, and then a young blonde hunk that uh, Marge thinks would be fun to ride with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His name is Jesse, and he cares about his riders, all of them. We got Cookie Kwan, Luann Van Houten, Helen Lovejoy, Rainier Wolfcaster, Mr. Smithers himself, Ruth Powers, mm -hmm. and Brandine Spunkler. Can she uh, afford that? I was going to say. <laughs> She probably has an OnlyFans account. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's fetishes for everything in this universe. Uh-huh. And she probably fix uh, a fetish for certain people, right? Oh, yeah. There's there's an itch for everybody to scratch. So, right. yeah. Uh, Brandy wanted to see her. Go to her OnlyFans.com slash Brandine Spuckler. Type in promo code uh, <laughs> Annoyed Grunt Boner. Yep. Or, all, throughout, uh, all throughout October here. Yeah. It's uh, the Spuckler Sucker <laughs> special. 50% uh, off, of course. Yeah. And then, so yeah, back in that clip or back in the scene, uh, the only one that he doesn't, uh, or Jesse, uh, the Peloton instructor, the one he doesn't care about is the bottom left of the screen is a uh, 
the Miss Hoover, or should we say Lizzie Gunderson, mm-hmm. whose credit card was declined. Oh, and he then tells her that the repo men are on their way. So it's probably her husband Gills. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Credit card. Like I don't see Miss Hoover having bad credit. <laughs> I can just no. tell a Simpsons character based on the credit score. Yeah, she looks like a 452. But you know what happens? She marries Gill. Like she mm-hmm. was probably like a nice like 840. You know, pretty. High yeah. up there, pretty good, right? Uh huh. Eight forty is very good. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, it's like ten away from perfect. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. She's paid off her student debts. She's she's on time, but she marries Gil, who had a three twenty credit score and brought her right. down. Ah, poor Lizzie. Hope she's poor- married. Uh, divorces Gil now. Yeah, or you know, I hope he's at least you know a good lover or whatever. Ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> I want to come. <laughs> I came when the pants came off. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor kill. Can't get it up. I can't get it up. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the worst, like porn parody. Yeah. The the Gil Gunderson porn star. <laughs> I'm sure. Even save any pizza. <laughs> they begin the ride in a scenic park, and Jesse offers words of encouragement. Mar struggles to keep up as the ride shows a rainy hill. The icons of the other riders uh, swirl before Marge's eyes as she begins to fill herself with self doubt. As she's about to quit, Jesse shouts her out and tells her to keep at it. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. Oh. Don't you give up, Mrs. Marge Simpson. You're talking to me. Yes, I am, Mrs. Marge Simpson, and I believe in you. Oh, my God. A positive online interaction. Can you believe it, Alexa? I'm on my break. <laughs> and cross that finish line. To quote a personal hero of mine, Mr. Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible until it is done. I prefer to believe that he was talking about riding a bike in your living room. Peace out. That's exactly what uh, Nelson Mandela was talking about. That's called the Mandela effect. That's right. I like how uh, Alexa just <laughs> lunch Lady Dora cigarette her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it can smoke it whenever it wanted. It's a robot. Yeah, it's not going to get cancer. No. I Maybe mean, a virus or something. But Yeah. <laughs> can the Pelotons? I don't know, Steve. You have a Peloton, right? Sure. Can the instructors actually, I think they could talk to you. I don't think they can see you, but I think they know what, what riders are on there. So like, yeah, yeah. Chunky Lover 53, which would be me. I'd be like, good job, Chunky Lover 53. I'm guessing that you're right. You don't see, they don't see you, but they see your name and probably like some sort of grid of your progress or something. And so I, I don't know. I don't even know how many instructors. I know that there are like a certain number of instructors and like a lot of people use them, but I don't know how many people they're instructing at a time. I'm wondering if this is a I listen to Howard Stern and this is probably from like two years ago. He would be talking about Peloton because he did it and it was very much, you know, he would describe that uh, that, uh, you know, this is pretty much what what was going on. How I kind of March picks out the the ride ride instructor. It's kind of the same way that he would, but Howard Stern he would pick out the hottest lady, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know. But then he would get annoyed when the <laughs> female instructor would start talking about their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. Like that's just like it. It's smart because it's like desperate, horny dudes. Right. Majority of dudes that would probably do this ride with the ladies who you know are wearing bra tops, you know, sports bra tops and like leggings. And then, you know, when they're saying words of encouragement to the guys like, way to go, annoyed Grant Craig. I mean, I mean, Bob 432. <laughs> yeah. With the hopes of uh, of them falling in love with you, maybe. I don't know. I think that's kind of like they're kind of doing this with kind of reversing it with women. But I, it might be the same way because I've never heard the woman's perspective of the Peloton. Like they're just like totally into the, you know, 
the dudes who write. I mean, I'm sure that that happens as well. Right. Because, I mean, that's kind of the whole, it's a, it's a horny little device. I mean. I think, I think they kind of talk about later in the episode how it is kind of a cult, you know, the, yeah. the cult of Peloton. So, I mean, at least it's a, a cult that's not harming anyone, like right. uh, the cult of Trump. That's true. Or uh, Simpsons fans. <laughs> Probably the worst cult. Yeah. Except for like, you know, Star Wars fans. Marvel fans, Marvel fans, Lord of the Ring fans, Star Trek fans. Uh, yeah. But the DC fans, no, <laughs> no problem there. The They're DC okay. Fans, they love everything. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, after that clip we played there, uh, Jesse then gets off his uh, uh, pedal on uh, the bike seat is still tightly wedged to his ass, which is, which is like stuck when he pops off. Okay. Maybe he's, you know, he looks like a millennial. He probably has a butt plug up there, right? Yeah. Millennials love to wear butt plugs. Or is that Gen Zers? Well, Craig, do you have a butt plug in right now? I don't. Then you're not uh, Gen Z. Cool. Millennials <laughs> only eat ass. They don't put things in their ass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do what you want with your ass. Did you know that the human anus can like stretch up to like seven inches wide or something like that? I no. Huh. Okay. Did you know a raccoon, a full grown raccoon can stretch into an orifice three inches wide? Huh. huh. <laughs> my hold, on, hold on. I'm getting a phone call from Richard Gear. <laughs> hello it's true okay cool bye yeah you just said thanks for the info was yep. praise buddha <laughs> no one understands that richard gear no one knows who richard gear is yeah <laughs> an old an old rumor back in the 80s said that richard gear had a gerbil he put a gerbil in his in his anus and so that's for most of the rumor. 90s people made that joke yeah so uh hey kids out there Bring back the Richard Gear anus thing. Weren't they just jealous because he dated a uh, Christy or Cindy Crawford for a minute? It was before Cindy Crawford, I think. Right, but that's the only reason people talked about it because they didn't want to like him because everyone uh, loved Cindy Crawford at the time. Didn't she also like date? No, no, that was, that's not uh, Julia Roberts. Remember when Julia Roberts was with Lyle Lovett? Yeah, and she's like, ah, oh, fuck! I thought I was going to be dating John Lovett. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> this gerbil in Richard Gear's ass. <laughs> Hey, you know who uh, John Lovitz? He was on The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. And so was Richard Gere. Yeah. Was Cindy Crawford ever on? I don't believe so. Julia Roberts? No. Hmm. Maybe maybe soon they can be on. Yeah. When's the last time you heard how about is, Julia Roberts? Yeah. How has she not done a voice? On, she's had to have been on The Simpsons. No? I don't think so. What about Lyle Lovett? Mm. Hmm. You know, just when you think everyone's been on The Simpsons, we're just naming people that have never been on. Julia oh. Roberts <laughs> Nope, they've just referenced her on the show Love is Nice from, oh. uh, I think that's the uh, a Homer episode, the one with the crayon and, and his... Oh, uh, yeah, the Julie Roberts movie. They made yeah. a of that. That's a good one. Uh, all right, well, anyway, so then Lisa arrives home from school, and she's concerned that Marge didn't get the mail. Hmm. So then she flips the day's letters. We get a final no notice warning, a last notice warning, a reminder from Springfield Electric that they can cut off your electricity, and then finally a simple green envelope with Lisa's name on it. You know, this joke's been done many times on The Simpsons, like the warning, final warning kind of thing. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah, it's fine. March tells Lisa to wait as she is in cool-down mode and wants to avoid jelly legs. So then Homer walks into the room and then imagines two legs made of jelly, <laughs> walking to a piece of bread, and then imaginary Homer enjoying the treat. Yeah, it's fun. Fun visual. Yeah. I'd really have, like, gummy legs. Oh, yeah. Gummy legs would be good. I love a gummy candy. I'm a, I'm a gummy fan. You know, bears. Mm-hmm. Worms. Yeah, I like a worm. I love those giant full-size gummy bears. I've never purchased one or had oh, one. Oh, yeah. The idea of just like biting into it really entices me. Yeah, it seems it would be very satisfying. It does. Um, when I was a kid, 
uh, my dad and I would go to this uh, produce store in uh, Portland and they had a very big gummy section in the store. This is like a specialty store before specialty stores were a thing. And they had a gummy rat and it was like not quite full size, but it was like a pretty big gummy and it was in the shape of a rat. And I brought it home and my mom was pissed because it freaked her out. <laughs> You're like, don't worry, I will eat it. <laughs> yeah. And it was okay. It was all uh, street or gummy shark white is the flavor I describe oh, it as. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Like, you know it's what I mean? Good if that's part of the, the gummy, but exactly. But thing. yeah. Right. You need the normal gummy to counterbalance it. Otherwise, it's kind of chalky and not that good. Yeah. That's still fun. What would you like a giant life size gummy version of? Oh, boy. Besides the gummy Venus de Milo. Of course. Which would have they made those as snacks? Like, is there a mold out there? Is there a mold out there that you can buy, like, to make your own gummies, the Venus de Milo? That is a missed opportunity if there isn't, because that just makes sense. But you can't really brand it as a Simpsons thing because they don't own the Venus de Milo. (laughs) That's right. And Michelangelo was pretty litigious. (laughs) Don't give me any ideas. Michelangelo's David's got the same dick size as me. <laughs> I would like a giant. Who? Let's see. What would I like? Uh, how about a life-size gummy of the Han Solo in Carbonite? <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Hmm. Or just do life-size versions of the Simpsons. You know? Yeah. I could finally eat Bart shorts <laughs> and Lisa's pearls. That'd be good going down. Just like. Bop, 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 bop. But it's white pearls. It'd be like the white uh, shark gummy shark parts, right? In their eyes. Yeah, that's like true. That. Yeah, and then she probably. What, what, what would their skin taste like? Because it's going to be yellow. Are they going to use like lemon? Probably lemon. I would say lemon. And then like their clothes would be different flavors. So like Homer would be blue raspberry on the bottom yeah. and and then the, the white on the top. Uh, Marge would be have blue raspberry hair and <laughs> then blue raspberry. green apple for the dress. Green apple? How do we go with lime? I like green apple. Lem- Are you one of those assholes with like the green skin, green apple Skittles over the lime Skittles? Absolutely. Oh, fuck you because... Uh... <laughs> I think they got rid of the green apple. I think they're I back to lime. Thank God. Dumb. No, it's not because when you put the handful of Skittles in your mouth, the yeah. OGs, they all work together. Green apple. I love green apple flavor things, but it doesn't work with OG Skittles. <sighs> so you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Agree to disagree. The Annoyed Grunt Boys will never make a podcast again because they disagree on the green Skittle. <laughs> yeah. But I like the green uh, m M&M m because it's, it's fucking hot and I like to, you know, masturbate to it. Just like yeah. my pal Tucker Carlson. He loves that green m M&M, that sexy <laughs> green m M&M. Oh, yeah. Can't get enough of that. He loves green M&Ms and orange buffoons. <laughs> circus peanuts. That's what Trump is, a circus peanut. Ooh, That's why he tastes candy. so bad. It's the worst. There is no worse candy than the circus peanut. It's not even candy. It's just a, it's it's a chalky crime. sugar. Like Yeah. Uh, so Lisa opens the letter to find that it is a jury summons. In her name, even. Grandpa, sipping from his Petticoat Junction coffee mug, tells Lisa to ignore the summons, saying that the last thing you want to do at his age is to stay still in a box. Uh, Lisa assumes that the letter was intended for another Lisa Simpson and goes to throw it away. But she then sees that the penalty for tossing it is six months in prison. She then imagines herself in the prison mess hall, uh, receiving a mysterious brown clump of food onto her tray. She asks if it's vegan, and lunch lady Dorix responds, No way! This is prison! It's vegetarian! Dora and the inmates then mockingly laugh at Lisa, and Homer then returns from work, but finds that Marge is a little preoccupied. Honey, you got the Triple H. Homer, home and hungry. Can't talk now. Jesse is freestyle rapping. It's only the first inning. Heart beating, no retreating. Time, it is fleeting. When are we eating? 6 p.m., no cheating. 
I'm Hamilton on a bike, Hamilton on a bike, y'all. You drop the LBs while I drop the mic, y'all. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Ooh, a high four. Marge, sweetie, what does that bike give you that feeding me doesn't? Encouragement. Mrs. Marge Simpson, that is one beauteous gluteus. I'll put a stop to this. Here and now. Backup battery activated, and Marge Simpson is my biker of the week. Go, oh, stupid Peloton. I mean, Pedalon. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, I like how they reference a high four instead of a high five. Have they never said the word high five before in The Simpsons? I feel like they have, but they probably they probably like skirted around it before. I do like how she said high four. That was great. Mm -hmm. Next to one of my favorite jokes with a four finger discount. Mm -hmm. Now, see, we could have done a podcast called High Four, The Simpsons Podcast. Oh, yeah. But it has to be like four people. Makes more sense. Right. We need to make two friends. <sighs> Steve, it's hard to make friends in your 40s. Yeah, especially was when the, we're us. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> was the Petticoat Junction mug that was going to be a, a, a Chekhov's phaser, but like it didn't pay off? or just? I, I think it's just a non sequitur that uh, okay. Abe likes Petticoat Junction, or he likes the mug with Petticoat Junction on it, I guess. <laughs> we don't even know if he likes the show. Maybe he just got it at a thrift store or something. Yeah. Maybe it's Jasper's favorite show, and Jasper did something to piss Abe off in the retirement castle, so Abe stole it out of spite. That sounds like something Jasper would do. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. All right. So Marge is continuing her ride. And then Jesse offers to play taps since Marge is killing it. The other writers solemnly ride with their hands over their hearts as taps plays. Homer walks in and suggests that Marge go outside for a walk to get some exercise. <laughs> uh, he then notices that uh, Marge has changed her screen name to Marge in charge. What? Was Charles in charge taken? <laughs> when he asks about the name change, Marge says that uh, she's uh, tired of the same old things. <laughs> And Homer takes offense to that, assuming that uh, his last name was old and tired. That was the wedding gift he gave to her. <laughs> uh, Marge feels that, uh, you know, Homer's overreacting, but he thinks that uh, Marge is in a cult, like we said. Mm -hmm. And of course, Marge says uh, it's not a cult. It's just a group of people, you know, improving their lives, paying money and slavishly following a charismatic leader. Then she takes a drink from her uh, pedal on branded bottle and says, uh, I love drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> and she wipes uh, her brow with a pedal on towel, puts on a pedal on robe, and then grabs a pedal on duff bag full pedal on swag. <laughs> and of course, Santa's little helper runs behind her wearing a pedal on doggy sweater and headband. And also Santa's little helper looks more fit too. Is there like doggy yeah. pedal on? Maybe. Yeah, I think you can do a doggy style. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I wonder if they have that where it's just dogs barking at other dogs. While you were talking, I was looking in the stream because I wasn't paying attention. At 7.57, there's an interesting thing that happens. Because I looked up and there was a weird bald guy in the right screen between Brandine and Sideshow Mel. And it's a skinner. And he takes off his hair yeah. to, wipe, to wipe up the scalp. I just thought that was fun. I, I noticed that too. So that means, uh, is it canon that Armin Tanzerian is uh, bald? Could be. Yeah, when, it's a week. Wearing a, wearing a wig to pay. Yeah. All right. Uh, canon. <laughs> Dun, dun. You know, Marge mentioned drinking the Kool-Aid, which, of course, is a reference to the Jamestown Massacre from 1978. However, Kool-Aid got done bad because there was never any Kool-Aid there. Yeah. It was Flavor-Aid brand powdered beverage that killed over 900 people. I mean, not that Flavor-Aid didn't do it itself. They poisoned it. It's not like it's just a <laughs> bad product. But Kool-Aid got the brunt. So it'd be like if uh, 
a cult puts the cyanide pill in a hydrox cookie. Precisely. The, new, the news media say Oreo co- cookies killed the people. Yeah. It Don't was eat the Oreos. Hydrox. <laughs> hydrox. Hmm. Uh, just in case anyone knows, Hydrox came before uh, Oreos. That's right. And they're the same cookie. I mean, it's a shame that I don't know, actually. Hydrox just sounds like medical, though. Like, mm, I yeah. need you in a Hydrox. <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds like, like a generic brand. But it also sounds like an old timey medicine. Yeah. To cure what ails you. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just full of alcohol. That's all it is. Yeah. And and, and heroin. <laughs> yes. And I've got the humors. I better take a Hydrox. <laughs> And beat my wife and go to bed. So back on The Simpsons, uh, while all that is happening, Lisa heads to the prospective juror room in, a, in an attempt to straighten things out. Um, excuse me, there's been a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. No, really, I should not be on a jury. Well, no one wants to be on a jury. But I have a valid excuse. I'm Ugh, I'm so sick of this. People say their work is too important, or they have a vacation planned, or they hate cops, or they love cops, or they're secretly eight years old. But I am only eight years old. Just ignore that magazine, and please take a good look at me. What eight-year-old wears pearls? You're being non-responsive and borderline fascist. So you claim you're eight years old, and you're using language like that? Excuse denied! Get out of my face! I like that scene. I think the uh, woman working the courtroom window, is that what you'd say? Yes. I believe that voice is done by... Don Lewis. Don Lewis, yes. Um, The voice, if the voice sounds familiar to you, a dork's out there. She plays Captain Freeman on Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh. Yeah. She's uh, actually kind of a well-known voice actor. She also plays uh, Bernice Hibbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Lewis. Um, I was just saying her her voice or um, the character is really funny because I just love that whole like. And what eight year old wears a pearl necklace? <laughs> this could be like one of my favorite scenes in the episode. So I think so. Me too. Uh, and also, just like if you were eight, you wouldn't talk like that. So <laughs> yeah. and like you know all the things that people try to get out of jury duty, and then of course being an eight year old girl is one of them. Yeah, the trying to get out jury duty bits in sitcoms is a great uh, 30 rock does a good bit with it with oh yeah tina fey always dressing up as princess leia yeah They're like and eh, this person's not living the normal lifestyle and of course that 30 rock i think was a reference to like a juror back in like the 90s about the lady who dressed up in a star trek outfit but she was selected mm-hmm. on the jury so they did you know that was kind of the parody of that and then larry david trying to get out of jury duty by saying he's a racist mm-hmm. <laughs> another great way to get out of it, but i don't think i even i would but here's the thing you and i've always discussed this we would never want to be not on a jury we want to be like right four men we want to be 12 angry men it'd be fun there was even a new episode of the new beavis and butthead where beavis and butthead were on a jury. oh yeah Probably one of the funniest episodes of the new the new season, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Steve and I still one of these days will be jurors. Someday we'll be in a courtroom and not be under arrest, <laughs> yeah. and not be on the uh, the defendant's side <laughs> for once. Look, I want Christine Sullivan as my lawyer for once, and yeah. not Dan Fielding. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, uh, later that night in the bedroom of, of Homer and Marge, uh, their beds springs, they're squeaking loudly, Steve. So you know what that means? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, Steve, they're not having marital relations. Oh. Yeah. Rather, Marge is sleep biking. Yeah. So she's pretending she's biking while she's sleeping. So he's having a bike dream. Hmm. And uh, Homer sits up awake and annoyed. And he looks over to see his wife and her very muscular calf muscles, you know, She's got those, uh, you know, you you can tell someone who's a bike rider, but they're 
out of proportion muscular calves. Like the rest of them is like fine, normal. And then you see yeah. the calves and it's like, oh boy, you ride bicycles. I get it now. Yeah, there's a trend in Portland for uh mostly dudes to be like they go on a lot of like ride slash pub crawl things. And so they'll wear like the tight bike suit with the shorts and the Yeah, like bike the... suit's got like a tie and a handkerchief and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three piece suit. I uh, know it's like the the spandex shorts and the shirt that's advertising Italian companies that you've never heard of. And then the stupid hat <laughs> like, with the like pizza hut? <laughs> exactly. Dijono. Boy or D Coca-Cola. But they'll come into bars like wearing their shoes with the that hook into the pedals. Yeah. And so they'll clip flop. And then they'll have, yeah, like the buffest legs you've ever seen. And then just a massive beer gut that puts mine to, well, not shame, but <laughs> is equal to mine. Well, look, don't you remember the couple seasons ago, Road to Cincinnati, when Chalmers and Skinner go into the biker bar and it was a bicyclist bar and they do that. They, they make that same joke. They have all like the buff yeah. legs and everything on top and they do the same thing. Did you even did you even bring that up during that episode? Probably. Probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Steve only has four stories. That's OK. I only have three. Yeah. I mean, come on. Steve, did I tell about the time I almost died like two weeks ago? Oh, no, you haven't mentioned it. Uh, so uh, Homer uh, is attempting to wake her, but Marge was happy to be pedaling in her sleep since uh, Jesse said that the only bad workout is the one that doesn't happen. It's like a should be on a T-shirt. Yeah, probably is. You miss 100 percent of the TV shirt ideas you don't uh, take. Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky and annoyed Grant Boy Craig. Uh, Homer is shocked and offended that Marge brought up Jesse in their bedroom. But Marge tries to reassure her homie. Oh, sweetie, don't worry. Yes, I may dream about him, spend most of my day with him, use up half our disposable income on him. But I'm married to you, Jesse. Homer, Homer, Homer. I'm married to Homer. Now let's get to Jesse. Sleep, sleep, Homer. Okay. What is that? Uh, it's a Petalon pillow scent. What's it called? Um, Sweat Dreams by Jesse. Fine, I'm going to Moe's. Where the only exercise you get is lifting a mug. Sometimes Mo helps with that too. Uh, Marge is in it. Yeah, you're right. She's she's sexually attracted to Jesse, Steve. I think so. And the Pedalton, Pedalton lifestyle. But at least uh, Homer's got his Moe's. That's right. Because at the bar, Moe does, in fact, uh, help Homer down beer after beer, saying that he only has five more to go. Lenny asks Homer what's up since it's Tuesday, and he's drinking like it's a Thursday. Which is a funny joke to me. I think Thursday, you tend to maybe drink more because it's closer to the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a weeknight. <laughs> true but i mean it's, I, it's one I, of the yeah. strongest night because it's thor's day that's true and there's must see so, tv on probably you know what? i like a thursday night over a friday night because of must see tv thursday's the best day that's yeah. just hands down the truth because you know you have one more day of work mm-hmm. friday but like most people treat their their last day of work their friday as like uh, yeah it's the last day of work so uh, i'm just gonna be cool yeah thursday you got uh you gotta choose eight o'clock it's either simpsons or cosby show right <laughs> you gotta wait till nine o'clock for cheers so mm-hmm. after after cosby show you got uh family ties yeah then you got that uh cheers and then at 9 30 you got who what would you have night night court night court yeah yeah uh, 1985 was a great year for tv <laughs> truly was when did family ties end i want to say maybe earlier than that were they on when the simpsons were on i feel like they wouldn't be or at least they're probably like way like out of the zeitgeist at the time, uh, 1982 and to 89 
to 89. So May yeah. for, no, they, they no, ended yeah. right before Simpsons began. So then what was the Thursday night lineup? Then it would have been Cosby at eight. So when Simpsons first premiered, Cosby at eight, 830, I'm not sure about. Cheers would have been nine o'clock and then 930 would have been night court. Yeah. So it's you know, 830 on musty TV. Like you, you put your you put your 830 and 930s where you're kind of like iffy comedies that weren't as the the, the prime comedies, like eight and nine were the, the big ones. Mm-hmm. They're like your tent shows. Yes. Alrighty, so here we go. Um, Do they try the Tortellis <laughs> before the Cheers, or was it like Night Court, then Cheers, then the Tortellis? No. But, so but, in in I got it in 1989. Oh, cool. It was Cosby Show. Okay, I got that right. Followed by the spinoff, A Different World. Oh, right. Which co-starred aforementioned uh, person Don Lewis. Oh wow! And then we had Cheers. And here's what's interesting. It's not Night Court. It's not Night Court. They may have moved that to a different night because there are a number of shows. Uh, one called Wings, which we all know. Right. Uh, well, another one called Seinfeld. Never heard of it. Uh, Dear John, which was a sad sack uh, sitcom with Judd Hirsch <laughs> as a guy who got divorced and has a support group. And then there's a, sh- a sitcom that I'm surprised I've never heard of called Grand that was also on and it features Pamela Reed of The Simpsons, Bonnie Hunt, uh, Michael McKeon, John Neville, and Joel Murray. Well, one of the Murray brothers. Yeah. Uh, of Bill Murray fame. It was a satire of soap operas that was a sitcom. So there you go. I mean, on paper, that sounds pretty funny. You got a lot of, you got Michael McKean in there? Yeah. I mean, this sounds like pretty good. I mean, Bonnie Hunt and yeah, Pamela Reed. Wow. I mean, obviously it didn't do well. Oh, maybe it was like before it's time. Yeah, because it aired from January 18th to uh, December 27th of 1990. So it ran yeah. for about a year. You got a um, full season. Yeah, they had they made 26 episodes and 25 of them made it to air. So yeah, wow. it could have been yeah, a full good, season. Yeah. See, this, yeah. Steve, this is what the Patreon really should be about, is we get these like dives into things that other Simpsons character or actors have been in, and yeah. it would work. I'd, I'd be curious to check yeah. the show out. We, I mean, we could probably find it on YouTube. Yeah. What was it called again? Grand. Let's see what YouTube has here real quick. Oh, man. It's going to be one crazy of that I consider myself to be fairly knowledgeable about old TV. Like, and normally, even if I don't know the sitcom, like the back of my hand, I know of it. I've never heard of this show. Well, you can get the theme song is is on uh, on YouTube. I'm not sure about the full a full season or no. We could do research later, Steve. Yeah. Anyway. OK. So, yeah. Homer's at the bar. Drinking on a Tuesday like it's a Thursday. And uh, Homer says that he has nothing to go home to except for his extremely fit wife, (laughs) who may have a thing for her ride instructor. Uh, Lenny tries to comfort Homer by saying the instructors are losers in real life. He then looks up their annual income and discovers that they make about $500,000 a year. I did some research. Um, For a 20-minute class, they make $500 to $750. So it's conceivable that they can make between $500 and $750,000 a year without working too hard. Carl wishes he he were a ride instructor, and so does Mo, except for the uh, bike riding and the saying encouraging things. And he's not allowed to appear on the internet without a big uh, dot in front of his face. Uh, (laughs) Just like us. Exactly. That's why... We don't do video chats. Uh, Lenny and Carl agree that the dot is an improvement, and they don't really want to go back to no dot mo anytime soon. Offended, Mo turns on the really hard lighting, exposing his wrinkled, horrific face, which is kind of like the one that Homer did last. Was it last oh, season? Yeah, it's a new thing that they like to do. The close-up, realistic, not realistic, but yeah, gross, gross out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Homer ponders why March can't. Uh be content with other instructors such as Vivica or Jen S or even Jen R. Why is it always Jesse? Uh, hmm. Just then a group of men speak up as they're always familiar with Jesse. Uh, this is what I was talking about uh, 
kind of relating to like uh, Howard Stern and the Peloton with the female instructors, but you know, this is anyways. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, then uh, Kirk Van Houten, Reverend Lovejoy, Dr. Hibbert, and uh, several other guys feel that J- Jesse is a damnation. I like how there's like one guy just wearing a shirt with the <laughs> Springfield three eyed fish. <laughs> yeah, Blinky. It's Blinky. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got it from our website. Yeah. We don't have Blinky yet. Yeah. And then Kirk states that he could do laps in his deep blue eyes, that jerk. Carl can't believe that the, these guys complaining that their wives have found a healthy hobby. Lisa, along with Rich Jackson, old Jewish man, Agnes Lamb of God Skinner, Kent Brockman, Lindsay Nagel, Mr. Burns, Otto, Crazy Cat Lady, Julio, Bernice Herbert, and Fit Fat Tony all sit for jury selection. Lisa thinks the judge looks understanding when the uh, judge then pulls out a model of an inmate hanging by a noose. It's cute how the uh, action figure's face turns red. Uh, the judge, in a familiar voice that we may have heard before, <laughs> says it was a Christmas gift and then lays out the groundwork for jury duty. Now listen here. Jurors will only be released for the most serious of reasons. Tell you what, if you get me out of this, we can have coffee. Your Honor, we should both be excused. As a newsman who's seen too much, I can't possibly be objective. What about her? She's my plus one. Aw. Do you have any objections to losing these jurors? Oh, well, they're the only jurors I like. Oh, boy, Dad, jeez. Don't type that part, and don't type the part where I said don't type that part. Ah, she's typing it. You know, I think I'm going to win this case. Oh, now she stopped typing. Jurors six and eight are excused. This place makes no sense. You're telling me I'm on this jury while I am simultaneously in prison. Good old Jane Kasmerick is back. That's right. It's been a while since we've heard from her. Been a while. Uh, All right. Well, back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, uh, Marge continues her pedal-on routine as Jesse praises writer Wine Mom no more for her new personal best. But Marge kind of scoffs at the instructor talking to Wine Mom no more, but perps up when Jesse invites her to the cool-down lounge after class. Oh, yeah. Jesse tells Marge that he's been watching her and invites her to a private ride. Behind him, Jesse's background switches from a tropical waterfall to a snowy mountain to one of the one one of the wonders of the world, the Taj Mahal, to uh, the phallic representation of London, Big Ben, <laughs> on a horse track with jockeys. And then on the very funniest one, he's in front of the Planet Express ship from Futurama. Oh, yeah. A tease to Futurama coming back soon. Maybe. Yeah. Jesse's offering a personal experience with he and Marge alone. Marge wonders if that means that they'll meet up in real life. But Jesse assures her that his motives are pure. Just then, a uh, delivery person drops off a crate full of overpriced NFTs. (laughs) I like his apartment. It's very bare. You just like bears. I do like bears. Uh, Marge feels odd. But then again, the only bad workout is the one you don't do. Jesse agrees from the bike, but Marge was uh, sure that she turned it off. Jesse tells her that there's a five-minute secret listen uh, that you have to opt out of. Marge then looks around, sees if anybody's watching, and then uh, opts for the private ride option, which uh, only costs her $299. Oh, wow. As she's uh, about to get her ride on, Marge hears uh, Maggie sucking disapprovingly. She tells her youngest daughter that if she says something... (laughs) What what, what happened? Marge Marge hears Maggie sucking disapprovingly. Talk about marriage. (laughs) Suck, suck. (sighs) Game of Thrones on yet. Um, She then tells her youngest daughter that if she has something to say, to say it. 
Maggie then takes out her pacifier to speak, but before she can utter a word, Marge puts the pacifier back and sends Maggie to bed for nap time. So then in the courtroom, Lisa sits with her fellow potential jurors. As a few of the read books relevant to the legal system, we have uh, Agnes Skidder reading Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown. Bernice Hibbert reading The Last Juror by John Grisham. And then we got Fat Tony or Fit Tony reading Witness for the Prosecution by Agatha Christie. So Lisa's annoyed that the other jurors are not taking the case seriously. And the blue-haired lawyer questions Chief Wiggum in this clip. And when you found the victim lying carved up like a spiral-cut ham, you took this photo. Yeah, but see how I got the full moon reflecting in the pool of blood? And that's just using the iPhone 10, not the good one. <laughs> Amazing. Can you believe this? Longest Judge Judy I've ever seen. This is not a TV show, and we are not a studio audience. And little jurors should be seen and not heard. I like uh, this is a podcast, but in that visual clip when uh, blue haired lawyer shows the the victim of the spiral ham that uh, <laughs> Chief Wiggum like licks his lips. It's very mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> Good time. And uh, uh, little jurors should not be heard. That's right. Rural jurors should not be heard. Um, back at home, Marge closes the curtains, lights a couple of pedalong candles, and begins her private ride. Mm-hmm. The bike alerts her that she's getting a call from Homer, but it sends it straight to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Jesse rides in front of the Great Wall of China as he thanks Marge for joining him in Mandarin. I can't believe Marge is taking a private ride with another man. I know. Uh, so as he passes a sign on the Great Wall of China, it says, uh, the next McDonald's is two miles away. I like to think that there's McDonald's on the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> this like little like, I've never been on the Great Wall of China because I've never been to China. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I like to think that like, like it is just like every like little like, you know, how like the wall and there's like a little building structure, like tower thing. Mm-hmm. In each tower, there's like a kiosk with like gift shops and then like McDonald's yeah. and Subways. Yeah, there's like a um, Starbucks in every single one. <laughs> right. And like, if you look down at the wall, there's like little phone charge USB ports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have little cardboard cutouts of traditional Chinese clothing mm-hmm. where you put your face in the, the hole to oh. get the picture taken. Those little cardboard cutouts, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he passes the, the, the McDonald's sign. Um, once again, Jesse speaking Chinese, telling Marge to stay hydrated. But Marge happily rides as Jesse shows her the wonders of China. And uh, we've got the Bitcoin mines, forced labor camps where children make smartphones. <laughs> they should have been like, they make smartphones, Simpsons merchandise, and romance. <laughs> We're laughing at that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. All your uh, let's go Brandon flags, kids, That's they're coming true. from China. All the Trump stuff is like, yeah. proud to be an American. It's made in China. Yeah. Even your non-Trump stuff is still made in China. So yeah, everything I'm wearing and Steve's wearing, all made by children, I'm assuming. Probably. Oh, yeah, because mine was actually American apparel. Sorry. <laughs> but at least they're American children. <laughs> yes. Uh, no one's going to get that reference either because uh, American Apparel hasn't been in business for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's called something else now, isn't it? Probably just like sexy pants. Sexy pants. $80 t-shirt. <laughs> With underage models nipples showing through in the photos. Yeah. Is that what they got in trouble for too? Uh, Yeah. And he was also... Uh... A prevert. Yeah. Uh, so Homer arrives home from work with a dozen roses. He's practicing a script to Marge, saying that he knows that they've had a rough few weeks, but he's really going to make an effort to be good till Marge is no longer mad, and he's going to go back to the way he was. He steps inside the house to see Marge on her private ride with Jesse. Upset, he throws the flowers down and heads to Moe's, where he makes a declaration. Let's take him down. You gotta be more specific, Homer. We hate lots of guys in this bar. I know who he means. Jesse. 
If we did have sex, my wife would be thinking of him. And hypothetically, I'd be furious. When that guy tried to steal Marge, he woke the wrong sleeping fatso. I just have to find him. I can tell you where he is. What? How? You know how the church says we don't share any information? It's a lie. Google bought us six years ago, so here you are. I'm gonna put a foot-shaped dent in his beautiful ass. Can't believe the church lies to us, Steve. Oh my gosh, I know. I feel so seated. That's it. Let's make a declaration now. We're never going to a Christian church ever again in our lives. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can. When was the last time I was in a church? Had to be a, a ch wedding. Or something. Church is chickens, okay, right? Yeah, that's fine. All right. I'm down. I'm down for that. I heard this horrible story from a customer about a franchise churches that they worked at. So it was their first busy weekend that they were working there and their their uncle got them the job and he was the manager of the store, the uncle. And the employee was working when they heard a rustling in a shelf above the deep fryer. And so they looked up and before they knew what could happen, a rat jumped from a shelf into the deep fryer and it <laughs> swelled up and exploded. <laughs> Sorry. R.I.P. And rat. yeah. And so... The guy, again, this is his first weekend working and it's really busy. He tells the manager what happened and uh, he's like, so we got to change the oil, right? And the manager goes, meh, and then threw some chicken into the deep fryer. No. Yeah. But I mean, what did they do with the rat though? Did they still eat it? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think it was a uh, special. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Quite famously, we talked about on the podcast a couple, you know, maybe a, a few months ago, the Arby's closest to me, the manager was peeing in the milkshake uh, machine. And mm -hmm. then later they uh, found uh, child pornography on his laptop. He's now in jail. Like they sent us him. So he's he's going away. So that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the one thing that I could say that I, even when we had like shithead customers, when I worked in food industry, I never did anything gross. I never spit yeah, anyone's no. food. I never said, oh, look, there's some flies. Let's put those in there. Never did no, any yeah. of that. Uh, even if they were dicks. Doesn't matter because right in the end, that's just still it's it's you're eating something. Don't fuck with people's food. Yeah, it's not the right. It's, yeah, that's just a, a good rule of life. You know, if you want to skimp on some toppings or something like that, sure. sure. Or you know, I watered down their Pepsi. I've worked in coffee for a number of years off and on. And, you know, if you're addicted to a barista, yeah, exactly, you're gonna get decaf. <laughs> or <laughs> no. if you're a dick with kids, your kids are getting some espresso. Yeah, you see those signs though. If uh, a lot oh, of like, yeah. mom and pop coffee shops, you would see those like, you know, not even just that, but if, like if your kids are left attended, they will be given jobs. <laughs> yeah. Or like your kids will be given caffeine and lots of sugar. Right. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Are we talking about Simpsons? Oh, yeah. Back in the courtroom, Judge Constance Harm calls for closing statements. We get Go Gunderson, newly married. Now he's a he's a judge or he's a, a, a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. They're just taking the place of Lionel Hutz, right? Like, this was always this would always have been Lionel Hutz. For sure, yeah. And it's fine that Gil's doing it. Okay. Um, so Gil asked the jury to consider everything they've seen, and beyond a shadow of doubt, they'll vote guilty. And the judge then reminds Gil that he's the not guilty guy. And then Gil looks down <laughs> at his right hand, which has written guilty, and then examines his left palm, which he's written not. I mean, this just screams out like this is a Lionel Hutz bit right here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then we're going to play a clip now with uh, Lisa speaking up at that uh, trial. Now, if there are no further statements. I have a statement. This is highly irregular, but I'm very bored, so I'll allow it. Thank you. I didn't want to be on this jury. I didn't think I was mature enough to decide a criminal case. But after seeing the nonsense that goes on in this courtroom, well, you should be ashamed. And your honor, 
I find you guilty of criminal indifference and playing Wordle on the bench. Bench! That's what it is. Ah, juror number six, Lisa Simpson. Yes, Judge? I find you in contempt of court. Bailiff, take her away. Now the forewoman is going to be the crazy cat lady. Ah, take a vote. Not too soon. Take a vote. I've been my little kitties. What was it? Guilty, guilty. And that leaves 11 jurors. It's a mistrial. The defendant can go free. Ah! I like the Wordle stuff. I like Wordle. I still play Wordle. <laughs> One of the few people that do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I've got a 268-day streak. Now they have a new bot that like rates your uh, rates your play, and I normally beat the bot, so I'm proud of myself on that. You're the Magnus Carlson of uh, Wordle. That's right. <laughs> Magnus did a voice on The Simpsons, right? He did, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about the? I forget the opponent's name, but there was a kid that was playing Magnus and beat him, but then Magnus called him. I was like, now nah, he was cheating, probably. And like now there's like a theory that. Uh, oh right, I did hear about this. He's like putting anal beads up his ass or something like that, and like somehow that's how he cheats. Yeah. So at first I thought they were just hiding chess pieces up there. <laughs> like a, I mean, a bishop would be the one that I'd choose, but that's just me. I'm more of a um, pawn guy. I want to keep it keep it simple and small. As long as it's not a rook, I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, I think they he had a thing up his tuchus and remotely somebody would like give him vibrations. Like what's going on? Yeah, because there's like yeah. a 15 minute, but it's weird because like there's like 15 minute delay. So like no one could watch the the matches because mm-hmm. like the kid is like not that he's rated well. He's like a master too, but like he's never like just like out of the blue, just like one like instantaneously against someone like Magnus. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably exciting too many listeners talking about chess. So yeah. we should probably we should probably tone it back down calm down with this chess talk. Yeah. <laughs> Not since uh Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh nineteen eighty four stage play chess has chess <laughs> been so exciting. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the Simpsons. Let's just finish up this episode, okay? Alrighty. As Marge rides privately, along with several other women, the instructor is per- interrupted as Jesse hears a knock on his door. He checks to see who it is and then receives a punch in the face from one Homer J. Simpson. Jesse pulls Homer to the Peloton screen and chokes him, calling him a fatty. He then offers his class the best way to choke, ensuring that you are using your arms to engage the core. Homer, uh, running out of breath, declares that he'll die as he lived, failing and sweaty. Marge witnesses all of this and calls up to Jesse to let her husband go. She then heads out to save her homie. See, that's how I almost died. Like failing fall, and sweaty, failing and sweaty, yeah, <laughs> or falling and sweaty, too. falling and sweaty too, yeah. Oh wow! She hops into the Simpsons uh, station wagon there, but the engine won't turn over. She looks over to see Lisa's bike just propped up next to some trash cans. Does that mean that uh, they're gonna throw it out? Or it seems irresponsible for Lisa just to have her bike propped against the cans. Like she would probably put it away in the garage yeah. or whatever <clears throat> it's supposed to be. Well, we know <clears throat> in the past that Millhouse has ridden. Uh, all Lisa's right. bike when Martin Martin Millhouse hang out. So I'm gonna assume that Millhouse left it by the trash can being a jerk because you know Lisa would yeah lock it up safely in the garage. So Millhouse came over to play with Bart and mm-hmm. then Bart's like, let's go ride a bike. He's like, Oh, I didn't bring my bike. <laughs> it's like, Kirk, why are you here? because uh, <laughs> I can't do a Millhouse. I'm gonna do this for all the Millhouses. <laughs> Bart's like, uh, all right, you just ride uh, Lisa's, and then he's like excited to ride Lisa's he's bike. Like, ride weird... Lisa? Yeah, he's like a weird, you know, pervert, anyways. He smells the seat, probably. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Fucking weirdo Millhouse smelling girls' bicycle seats. We should call you Steve. <laughs> Throwing you on the bus saying you smell women's bicycle seats. 
That's gonna be your thing now. I, I'm making it that thing. Oh boy. <laughs> the annoyed cramp boys. The podcast with one seat smell and sniffer. The huffy huffer. Love you. <laughs> I'm annoyed grandpa Craig with me as always is the huffy huffer Steve. <laughs> the Schwins make me go swing. That would have been a fun B plot. Like they got rid of the Lisa plot and they made the other plot like Bart riding bikes with <laughs> Millhouse. Sure. I mean, it, it's as fleshed out as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> So she hops onto Lisa's bike and she begins to pedal, saying it's kind of difficult to ride without a screen to look at. <laughs> uh, she has to use her muscle memory and she pedals harder and harder through the streets of Springfield. And then in a fun, very fun uh, homage to the opening credits, she does the BART skateboarding through Springfield town, but on a bike. And backwards. She does the fun uh, little twirl with uh, Sideshow Bob there. Mm-hmm. But finally we get to see Apu. He's still around. Yeah. Um, so then Marge uh, checks her uh, phone to track Homer's GPS location. She rides up a steep hill, ducking to avoid the uh, low-hanging power line, even uh, though she, her, it, it zaps her hair. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, she then rides uh, through a skate park, getting stuck going up and down a half pipe. But uh, rather than doing a big jump, she just says, screw it, and rides on. <laughs> Mil- uh, Milhouse and uh, Bart see this, and Bart feels that there's no way that his mom could be that cool. But just then, Marge rides by to tells Bart to be home by 6 p.m. Uh, Milhouse points out that if that is a Marge, she stole her catchphrase, be home by 6 p.m. <laughs> I think that was very funny, actually. Very, so. very funny line. Yes. Uh, uh, Marge arrives at the New Money Acres with a dollar sign community and into a modern palatial mansion. Jesse is continuing to choke Homer when Marge bursts in. You're having a thing with my wife? Dude, she doesn't even know where I live. You get away from my husband. I thought you said it was a private ride. Well, you should have read the terms and conditions before you checked degree, huh? That's enough, bub. That's it, Marge. Work those quads. I'm tired of men telling me what to do. Homer, let's go home. Be sure to rate your ride. And use Jesse32 for special discounts in our online store. Not valid without any other discount codes. Uh. Once again, I have to thank you for saving me when I failed at saving you. The beginning of the clip, the reverse Homer choking. We haven't seen Homer choke a Bart in a couple seasons because they're not That's allowed to anymore. So it's yeah. great to see Homer finally get his, uh, his neck choked out. Yeah, we've uh, missed the choking on the also, show. Also, like the grip. <laughs> that Jesse gives on Homer's like it's almost like gripping like a baseball bat like it's so like the fist yeah. is so tight it's like Jesus Christ is that like all neck fat and just like getting right down to the spine there Ugh. yeah pretty grim but uh let's just say the probably I'll, I'll say the handout is my, probably my favorite scene is the absurdity of when they're having the fight and the blue screen on the wall of China and then Homer using his stomach to push him off the wall of China right and you do the whole fall like hitting rocks but like. <laughs> It's a green screen, so it's not really happening. I don't know. I I find that weird, absurd humor probably the funniest thing in this episode. I think you're right. Um, and it's funny because it then pans out to show the three of them in his living room, yeah. and he's just lying on the floor, meaning that he probably just fell, you know, <laughs> fell down and pretending to do all the like ah ah yeah yeah. It's silly. I like it's it. Very conceptually, very funny. 
Yeah. So uh, Homer and Marge ride and sing, just the two of us, as they get some lard lad donuts. Behind them, Kirk Van Houten is pouring gasoline and setting fire to the uh, Pedalon store, which is going out of business. Marge and Homer ride through the skate park and past Lisa, who notices that they're riding her bike. Well, that's the end of the episode, Steve, right? I think so. But wait, what color is that text? It's white. That means there's an extra credit scene. <laughs> it means if you get a, an extra scene, it means you get, if you watch it, you get more points. The smiley face on your report card. Yeah. Uh, let's hear it. How about that? Okay. I'm interested in buying a bike. Well, you have come to the right place. I'll take it from here. <laughs> I used to make 500 grand a year. And I used to be king of South Jersey. My big mistake was moving into Middlesex County. Why did I get so cocky? Stupid, stupid, stupid. You shouldn't be discouraged, Gil. Yeah, you can do it, Gil. You're getting laid on the ranks, probably. Yeah, you got Lizzie. All right, well, that was it, Steve. Uh, we did it. We talked and described the episode that you all watched. That's right. My legs are kind of asleep. I think I need to exercise and get on my uh, Peloton and uh, work out right. for with uh jesse all right i'm gonna go for a ride with uh vivica j fox tv all right steve you uh ride your penny farthing and i'll ride my unicycle but then right. uh after that uh after that ride let's come back and just wrap up this week's episode okay sounds good all right we'll be right back just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us and we're back. All right, see, let's wrap up this week's episode, of course. One Angry Lisa. We'll talk about uh, some of our favorite jokes, favorite scenes, most valuable jokester, and then uh, kind of just wrap up how we really felt about the episode. And then, of course, we're going to find out what we're watching next week. But before that, Steve, it's time for the gift exchange. Steve. Oh, boy. New segment here. Instead of getting products for ourselves, we're going to gift it to each annoyed grunt boy. So I find from something from this episode to give to Steve and vice mm-hmm. versa. So from uh, this episode, Steve, I think, uh, what could I get from? Well, I can think the obvious for both of us would be uh, an actual pedal ton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to get a workout. For We're sure. not, getting, not getting too thin these days. Nope. Older you get, the fatter you get. But, um, I, you know, the gift of exercise is not really a gift for you. It's for your loved ones. <laughs> That's true. Um. So let's see what else. Gonna get. Oh, maybe I'll give you a, a bill, a final notice for your power oh. company. They're going to shut your power <laughs> off. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um. But really what I'm going to do is uh, my gift to you is is a gift certificate to Moe's Tavern where uh, Mo is going to feed you beer. Oh, I like it. For the whole night. You just sit there and he just pours beer down your gullet. It's a gift uh, certificate that uh, Mo offers. So that's my oh, gift to you. Wow. As, as, a, as a bartender pouring beer down your mouth. I appreciate that. I love oh. it. Um, I, I hope that my gift matches up because um, as much as I know you love drinking, I know you also uh, you need your sleep and you like, uh, you know, to drift out to dreamland with a wonderful aroma. So that's why I got you a deluxe size bottle of uh, Sweat Dreams by Jesse uh, Pillow Spray. So you can spray that on your pillow before you go to bed at night and, uh, you know, do whatever you do before you go to bed and then sleep. Uh, go out to dreamland dreaming of Jesse. I imagine it smells like sweat and axe body spray and maybe just a hint of rubber to encapsulate the tires you know but yeah you're right (laughs) uh sounds gross uh i prefer a a a crusty old bartender put beer in my mouth (laughs) but uh, uh, the smell of a bike seat (laughs) his asshole yeah because that's Uh, my thing remember yes (laughs) uh i forget everything that we said earlier 
I do love candles, so I thank you for the candle. Of course. <laughs> Tis the season to be gifting. Yes. All right, Steve, uh, we got our gifts out of the way. Uh, what made you laugh in this episode? Um, You know, we talked about it. The uh, green screen scene uh, with the team. Uh, no, the one with um, when Jesse fell off the uh, Great Wall of China. That was fun. I liked Mo talking about how uh, he would love to be a, a pedalon instructor if it wasn't for all the biking right. and the uh, instructing people. What about you, Craig? Best scene is him falling off the the, the green screen bike. Yeah, that, that was my favorite scene as well. The Gil scene, too, in the court with the guilty, not guilty on his hands. Kind of classic Simpsons joke. And then, of course, uh, Don Lewis as the court. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about whole, her. She's probably, the, that, yeah. I like that scene a lot, too. The whole scene with uh, Lisa in the court. Uh, clerk, I guess, at Don Lewis. Mm-hmm. Point, like, what eight-year-old? Where's Pearl Necklace? So, you know what? I've never given it to uh, Don Lewis. You get the MVJ today. And it's not because I'm yeah, biased gonna... because I watched Star Trek Lower Decks. It's a really funny cartoon. But, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe it is. <laughs> no, I think that scene was a lot of fun. That was also one of my favorite scenes, too. So I'm going to give it to her as well. Well, see, let's get into it. Uh, what's your final thoughts on this episode? I don't like to be negative. <laughs> this episode didn't really click for me. I, I spent most of it wondering if I was missing something. Um the Lisa plot, which I thought was going to be like the primary plot, seemed very condensed and short. And like the fact that we don't even know the nature of the case that she was in, aside from knowing that there was some sort of grisly murder uh, done by Herman, allegedly. We don't know why she was chosen to be a juror, and it never really paid off. It's just like, oh, I'm a juror. Oh, there's such harm. The tra- justice system is a joke. That's it. I, that felt a little weird to me. Uh, you know, we talked about how Peloton is kind of out of the zeitgeist now, which is too, kind of normal for The Simpsons to kind of be a few years behind. So I'll free him for that. But I, I don't know. This all just felt like tired uh, territory that didn't really speak to me. I just felt like Marge being attracted to a new thing. They've kind of done that before a little bit. I get the dynamic being a little bit different, but it's still the classic Homer trying to save his marriage with Marge. And they just felt like they just playing the hits and it wasn't quite working for me. So I'm uh, sad to say that this is going to be a skip for me. I think there are some fun parts and I like that it was focused on Marge and Lisa, characters who normally don't get the spotlight. But I don't know, it just uh, felt a little flat. So I'm going to say that the average Peloton instructor makes 500000 So I'm going to give this a bike. So you chose a word over a number. Yes. But you're right. I think this episode is kind of one of those like it's the typical, you know, we always have to have an episode where Homer feels insecure in front of Marge and has to try to win her back because another man, she's paying attention to another man. Grant mm-hmm. that man, of, of course, Marge does in a way kind of have attraction towards and understandable. Yeah. We're also human beings. Even if you're mm-hmm. married, you're going to find an attraction to someone else in the, the rest of your life, no matter what, whether it be on TV or yeah, just TV for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, you know, like in nature, humans, of course, we're going to be attracted to other people, even though we're, you know, married or significant others. But when it comes down to the end of the day, if you really love the person you're, that you're with, things will work out just fine. Yeah. So, you know, you have that kind of like not tired plot, but again, there's only so many things you could do. You always have to have an episode. So I'm I'm wondering if this is like the beginning of season 34, like let's get this episode out of the way. Yeah, so I like, see that. This episode kind of almost seems like a later season episode. Like 
you've done the good stuff in the beginning. So like, let's just put this one towards the end. And a lot of times the Simpsons episodes, this in, is in, one in of the those. beginning, like this could have been meant for season 33. They just like, it was around. in fact, okay, um, so there we go. It was in fact, because uh UAB F19, I think we did a few around that number. So yeah, this was produced for season 33. All right. So yeah, it does feel very like season 33. Go listen to those that season. Like it seems yeah. like we were just like kissing ass the whole time. Like probably people were thinking like Disney was paying us. I wish yeah. they were. <laughs> but with that being said, this episode was not strong at all. It's a very yeah. weak episode. I think the Lisa subplot was a missed opportunity for they brought it up. I thought the Chekhov's gun or sorry, Chekhov's phaser would have been this must be another Lisa Simpson. And I was hoping that it was Lisa going out to find who that 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 letter that summons was for a different Lisa Simpson, which it probably was. It's great that we got uh, uh, Jane Kasmerick back as Constance uh, Harm. Uh, yeah. But there, yeah, so there's some fun things. in it, But yeah, I, I agree. It's a skip. Um, so if I would give it a ranking, Gil was talking about uh, how he was practicing a lot, like what Middlesex County, that's of course located in central New Jersey in the United States. Um, it was founded in the year 1683. Hmm. So out of 1,683, I'll give this episode a uh, 69. Nice. All right. Well, Steve, it's it's sad that uh, the second episode, look, we're not chill. It's like we were kissing the ass of season 33. Yeah. Fans were probably thinking like, oh, they're just going to do this for all new episodes. But yeah, this episode fell short for us. Yep. A couple good laughs, but uh, that's it. But hopefully next week, as it is also a new episode. Mm-hmm. At least we got that uh, coming to us, uh, new episode, Steve. So we don't need a wheel of random because it is new. So it is going to be season 34, episode three. Uh, So, Steve, what do you think the title would be of that episode? And if you get the title right, we never have to do the podcast again. Oh, boy. I'm going to say the episode is The Three Momigos. I don't know if the Simpsons writers like, let's make sure that the uh, this is the third episode. So let's make sure that three is involved in the title. But, you know, here we are. Yeah, it doesn't have to be because of that. It's just in my story, which I will not share with you. There right, are the three, three Momigos. All right. Yeah. I like it. But uh, the Simpsons writers don't like it because that's not the title. Ah. I find it interesting that this title. So this week's episode is called One Angry Lisa. Next week's episode is called Lisa the Boy Scout. So really hitting it hard on that Lisa, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's actually the original Lisa Simpson, the letter that was supposed to go to. Oh. I don't think that's the sequel to this episode. <laughs> what if each episode was a sequel to the previous? previous yeah. Lisa has to go back in time to find the person who she's trying to find the, the owner of the real Lisa Simpson. She travels back in time, goes to the Boy Scouts and finds a young person who then transitioned as an adult <laughs> to become another Lisa Simpson. Is this what you actually think Lisa the Boy Scout is? Yeah, no. <laughs> I but mean, maybe. It makes sense because, you know, I was talking about every episode sequel to the previous. That's how modern TV works because everything's so serialized now. Yeah. They're like Simpsons are like, let's screw it. Let's serialize an entire season. <laughs> That would make for an interesting. It would be um, one whole season that's all serialized. Have we talked about that before? I feel like we have. I should do that. That would yeah. be such like you. It would be like considered like the greatest season or the worst season. Yeah, because you can. That's the point of this podcast is you should be able to just turn on any episode of The Simpsons at random and be completely content. Right, that's enjoy the it. point. Yes. Anyways, uh, what's your what's your real theory about Lisa the Boy Scout? Okay. 
just seems to make sense to me that this would be the plot. Bart become goes back to joining the Boy Scouts or whatever the their version of the Boy Scouts is. Um, Lisa's upset that he is gets to do it and campers, pampers. Right. Um, Lisa's upset because she can't join the Girl Scouts and the or can't join the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts are boring. And so she wants to become a Boy Scout, but they let her because now the Boy Scouts of America do allow people of uh, females and people of other genders to join. So that's my theory. And then they and, go on. And you're sticking with it. Yeah. And it ends with them at Krusty Burger on exactly. <laughs> oil rig in the middle of the coast. And Ernest Bergdine is in there for some reason. <laughs> um, Steve, you might actually be right for once. Uh, we might have to do the podcast ever again. <laughs> Here's all the synopsis from SimpsonsWiki.com is uh, when the boy explorers become co-ed, Bart and Lisa vow to out-scout each other at the annual jamboree. Annual I mean, you're, jamboree? No, annual, not annual. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of close. You get Lisa becomes part of it, but you didn't get the anal jamboree, so I guess we still have to watch it. Uh, alrighty, and then we can decide if I was right next week. You know, there's a... See, we got... Uh, it was written by Dan Greeny. Ooh. You got two big names. You got Anna Ferris as female hacker in this episode. Ooh. Has Anna Ferris done a voice on Simpsons before? I feel like she has. I feel like she has, yeah. How is she not, right? Right. Uh, Anna Ferris, of course, known for her popular podcast, Anna Ferris, the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone has a podcast now, right? Yeah. Uh, but this one I find very fascinating. Mm, yes, very Ooh. fascinating. Ooh, yes. There's a, an actor named Matthew Friend, but he's playing baby Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so they didn't get Jeff Goldblum, but they got Matthew Friend parodying a baby Jeff Goldblum. And I like to do the really bad Jeff Goldblum. I go, mm, yes, mm, yes. That's my Jeff, my very bad Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear what baby Jeff Goldblum sounds like. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, Matthew Friend. Um, do you remember back about three years ago, there was an app called HQ, which was a nightly trivia game where you could win real money yes i do um that would have uh that would have been perfect if it hadn't like become unpopular for quarantine because everyone would have done it it's a shame that they came too early anyway i think matthew friend is now the host of that oh all right well good job matthew friend yes i remember hq that was very fun for a couple minutes yeah it was for a time all right well it's time to go steve and go back into the internet and sleep for another week. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> we're just nothing but ones and zeros to you fans out there. But to you fans out there, please contact us on the social medias of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 138 Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, you do your favorite pod catching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. You can just tell us uh, your Peloton screen name. And hey, we got some merch out there too. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash boys and get some shirts or uh, masks or uh, hoodies or tank tops. It's all fun. But, uh, fun. you know, also, if you want to um, not type as much, you can go to your favorite podcasting app, open the description of this episode, and uh, leave a voicemail. You click on that button and go to our secretary, anchor.fm lady. That's right. All right. Well, for this week, I've been Annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And I've been Annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. And remember, I can feel myself getting hotter than the other moms. A great marriage is a bike that goes nowhere. Break your ride and use Jesse32 for special discounts in our online store. Not valid without any other discount codes. Uh-huh.